to my favorite place, Orlando. And welcome to the Fire and Ice Podcast, the official podcast for FireandIceSoccer.com. This is Ryan Boyles, and joining me as always is friend, colleague, and fellow Chicago Fire fan, Jeff Englehart. Jeff, how are you doing on this fine Monday night? I am doing well, finally. Uh, I have been under the weather for a while now, but I am healthy again, and it feels pretty good. So... Uh, happy to be here and ready to talk some Chicago Fire soccer again. It feels like it's been a whole year, really, since the last time we've talked. Um, but how are you doing, Ryan? I can't complain too much. Um, like you, I've been missing these heart-to-heart, one-on-one conversations that we have, where it's just like you and me having a real intimate conversation and letting all of our friends join in on these conversations. They're not allowed to talk during these conversations. But they're allowed to listen to the conversation. That's right. Yeah, well, we don't want them to talk anyway, so no big deal there. But I feel a little bit I feel a little bit slighted because the team was so good during our absence here, going on a huge win streak. We're finally able to come back, do this podcast again, and they have a disappointing result. So I feel like I'm a bad omen or something. I'm not gonna lie. I feel partly responsible for this uh, most recent result that Fire had this weekend. And by partly responsible, I mean like 1%. <laughs> did you catch that on the recording? Did we catch Lindsay on the recording? We did. Okay, good. Because if we did catch her, this is a good time to explain where we've been. Obviously, we've missed a couple weeks here. And I will say in the Englehart household, which includes myself, my wife, a two-year-old and a two-month-old, uh, we have had a sinus infection going around that has been absolutely killer. I lost my voice a couple days. Uh, my wife was hung up a few days. The two-year-old was, you know, more or less dead for a week. So it's been tough, um, which is why we've missed these podcasts. And that's not an excuse, but it is a excuse. So that's what I'm doing. Um, the old excuse, not excuse thing. But yeah, it's been, it's been really rough. So I haven't even really gotten to see many of the fire games live. I've had to watch most of them on replay and whatnot, except for this most recent game. I finally got to watch live again, which was pretty cool uh, outside of the bad result. But that's where we've been as far as podcast-wise goes. It's just been a really bad illness, plus some changes um, from my actual day job. That's taken up a little bit more of my time. So that's all behind us now, and hopefully we'll be um, full speed ahead going forward. That was possibly the longest sorry, not sorry I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely the old excuse, no excuse. But, yeah, um, it's an excuse. We've tippy-toed around it enough. Let's get into Sunday's action. Chicago Fire, first time in recent memory. They got a, they have a prime time Sunday night game against none other but Orlando City at Orlando. And I don't know if anyone would believe you in the preseason, 
But this was a matchup of two of the top three teams in the Eastern Conference standings. So there was actually something on the line in this match. And I know going into it, I think we were both pretty optimistic about the Fire's chances. But, I, I mean, going into it, it looked like it was going to be a tough game on paper, wouldn't you say? For sure. And I was pretty excited for it. Um, Orlando has a great home field advantage. Uh, it's fun to watch them play there. And I was just looking for a good soccer game. Unfortunately, neither team played very well. And it was a snoozer. I mean, fell asleep. I couldn't really blame you. It wasn't that great of a game. Yeah. Once again, if you're an MLS uh, higher up, you have to be infuriated by the product that the clubs put out there for whatever audience may not have been watching the NBA Finals, which I can't really imagine there's too many, but it's not exactly a big highlight that you want for your Madden match. Right. It's, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to put out a good product. And, and Chicago, they deserve the spotlight. They had won four in a row. Uh, they were playing really attractive soccer. I mean, they weren't just winning. They were playing very aesthetically pleasing soccer. Uh, Orlando City's been a good home team. So it made sense. You thought that game would be good, and it was just a stinker. It wasn't, it wasn't a good game. No. And as you can tell, we're kind of avoiding talking about the actual details of the game because it was so bad. But I mean, there wasn't much. A couple shots off the crossbar, and that's about it. Yeah, but I know going into the game, one thing I know I did, and a lot of other Fire fans were one to see, is just what this team would look like against a, you know, a top-five team. We, I don't want to take anything away from what the Fire have done so far this year. You know, they have played very well. You know, they deserve to win the matches. They're not getting by on pure luck. But I'd like to see the Fire team play another top team that's full strength and just see what happens. Um, you know, we talked about just some of the Fire in their most recent winning streak. They haven't really been playing a lot of great teams. And, uh, yeah. you know, even the FC Dallas, that was a, that was a good win. Right. I thought, but <clears throat> generally say that was a FC Dallas B-side. Exactly. Toyota. I was going to – yeah, exactly. You're spot on um, B-side for FC Dallas. And just in general, in, the, in this win streak they've had, they haven't necessarily played full-strength teams. Uh, but you you got to beat who is in front of you, and they've done the job. So I'm not taking anything away from them. It's been good. Uh, are they as good as their standing says? I don't know. I'd be skeptical about that. But um, kudos to them for having such a great win streak. And there, there was a lot of good moments during all of it. Uh, but Sunday wasn't one of those moments. It, it was really disappointing. I was going to just dive into the game. We tippy-toed around enough. Going into the match, again, the home crowd was completely into it. Both sides were playing some good intensity early on, but all of that was pretty much put to naught in the 27th, 28th minute with um, a real, let's call it questionable red card, was called on Orlando. And sure enough, at that point, the fire had a man advantage, was final. 60 minutes of the game ahead of them. And from there, it looked like this was going to be an easy three points for the taking for the team. 
Yeah, absolutely. It was questionable to say the least. And I think some of it maybe stems from the fact that Rafael Ramos has a little bit of a reputation. So maybe he was quick to pull the trigger on that, but definitely questionable. I don't really think it was deserved, but hey, they got a break. And it was unfortunate that they didn't take advantage of that at all. Um, you know, they held possession, but like Bruce Arena says, possession is meaningless, you know, when you don't score. So, well, even know. off of that, uh, possession is meaningless when you don't score. Possession is also meaningless when you don't take shots on goal. Right, exactly. It was, it was odd. Um, I thought Brandon Vincent played well, but I don't really think there was much else going forward, which was just strange to me. Um, I mean, I think Delu again, was probably the man of the match for the fire. Um, I know Guillermo called him the man of the match in his match, uh, you know, his post-game piece. And I don't agree with that. And that's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but he's taking up that spot where you need a guy who can create individually, you know? I mean, he, he's more or less playing that number 10 role. And you need a guy who can break down a defense on the dribble um, and so while Delay Delay did have a very good game, I, I don't argue the fact that you could call him man of the match. I think that's fair. But when he's playing that position, I think you need more. You, you need more from it. Um, they need a true number 10 to unlock defenses when you get in those positions, and they just don't have it, and Delay wasn't up to the challenge as far as that goes. Mm. Right, and – there's a different ways we could spin this conversation on, but let's just kind of finish off what happened in this game. We already talked about one-man advantage. Um, the Fire weren't able to do much. And sure enough, in the 66th minute, the Fire get another man. They get a two-man advantage. When No Serino gets a red card for Orlando City, and now somehow the Chicago Fire are up two men, an 11-9 advantage, which is a gift, a gift. And what did the Fire do with that two-man advantage? I just told you everything they did with that man advantage. They did nothing. It was basically a bunch of guys passing the ball around one another outside of the box, begging for one of them to take a shot, trying to find some kind of advantage. And Orlando, credit to Jason Kreese and the club, they more or less just put everyone they could. They parked the bus, and the fire had nothing, nothing to do to unlock that, you know, turn that key and find that goal. It was just, as I tweeted, it was the most frustrating road draw I've ever seen in recent memory. Absolutely, because you know this team is good enough to win those kind of games. And when you're up two men and you don't, um, that's a complete failure. I, I know that the general idea is you take a draw on the road and you win at home and you'll be fine. I get that. And they did get a draw on the road. But that's, it's inexcusable for them to not get three points when they're up two men. That's, that's a failure. And, um, you know, I, I think it just showed sort of the holes that they have. Um, this team is very good, but David R. Shakin, uh, he just doesn't belong on the team at all. And I know that a lot of people have been hard on Michael Harrington and things like that. I think at the very least, Harrington can be a, a backup, a bench player, in the MLS. I don't feel that way about Arshakian. He needs to go completely. Um, 
he can't be an option off the bench. When you bring a player off the bench in that role, you need an actual threat that will have a legitimate chance of scoring. And he is just not that. It's a waste of space. It's a waste of a substitution. Uh, he needs to be off the team completely. Uh, I think he, he is the worst player on the team. And I think Sunday helps show that again. Uh, it's, it's hard. You're up two men. That's what you're bringing off the bench. It did not help at all. Let's hear a far and I soccer are usually pretty cool with our cool takes. But that may have melted my computer screen with how hot that take was. Yeah, no, I, I hate being that mean, and I know that's pretty pretty vicious. But honestly, he he's paid to score goals, and he just doesn't have the ability to do it at this level. So what are we doing here? Um, it, it it doesn't make sense to me. I, that's his. He's a forward. He's a target man. He's a big body. That he's out there to score goals, and he just. He's not going to be able to do it at this level. So it's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch him go out there and do what he did on Sunday. I want to follow up on something you said there earlier. You talked about the need for a number 10 on this team. And that's been a, a – that was a big talking point at the beginning of the year. You have not – you haven't heard it as much as Bastian Schweinsteiger took over and kind of played sort of that odd hybrid type number 10. But after that, watching that – after watching that match on Sunday, you think we're going to hear more about that need for a number 10? Or do you think this is simply a matter of needing someone like a Dax McCarty to be on the field to help this team? Yeah, I think more of the latter. Um, I don't want to overplay the fact that this team needs a number 10. Um, it's just when they're in that kind of situation – and Dax McCarty's not available, it becomes very evident that they lack that creativity when they might need it. So, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But overall, I think that a lot of those issues get taken care of when Dax McCarty's on the field. So I don't think they need to go out and get a world beater at number 10. I think, generally speaking, the team is pretty well-structured um, and composed properly when Dax McCarty is out there. I think they have playmakers um, in Schweinsteiger and McCarty that make Deleu better even than what he is. So Deleu is more effective when McCarty and Schweinsteiger are, are on the field together. Uh, it just wasn't, it wasn't an option on Sunday. So it really was a glaring hole. If they got a number 10, a more traditional number 10, that'd be great. But like you said, DeLay was man of the match probably, and he did try. But you can just see that uh, that lack of that creative presence in the middle of the field can hurt in situations like this um, when they're down to – or when they're up to guys, the other team is parking the bus and they don't have Dax McCarty out there. Oh, yeah, I think – that lack of creativity was apparent to anyone with two eyes watching that on Sunday. And one player whose name we haven't even mentioned yet, who I wouldn't really call him a difference maker, but he's definitely someone I think could have helped a little bit. And that's Juninho, who is a current opportunity lead. So congratulations to him and the misses. But yeah. I mean, I think even just having Juninho, a player who's not afraid to 
you know, take those shots from outside the box, those uh, high-risk, high-reward type shots, even that could have probably helped the team on Sunday when they look so afraid to take any shots. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree that Juninho would have been a pretty big help. It's tough when neither of them are available. And it's a little interesting just because a lot of fans, myself included, really clamored for Matt Polster to get on the field. And you could argue that Matt Polster was in his most comfortable position on Sunday. But um, for his much as I love Polster, he really showed that he's, he's not Dax McCarty. He's not Juninho. He really doesn't have that vision or that, that passing that they possess. Um, I still I want him on the field. I think he's great. Um, I think he's been doing fine at right back. So it was just interesting to see the difference in the team when he goes back to his natural position in that more central midfield role. It, it, it worked pretty well, but uh, when it comes down to it, I think Polster actually is a pretty serviceable right back, and the midfield just works a, a lot better when it's either uh, Dax McCarty or Juninho out there with Schweinsteiger as opposed to Polster. Right, yeah, and um, we keep all the praise we can on Polster at right back. I know how much we love him. But Sunday was not his best effort. Um, him and Bastion looked like two guys who have never really played with one another in a midfield. They just weren't able to develop any sort of chemistry. Yeah. Even the, and Polster hit the bar in the 92nd minute. So he, he did. He did. It was a really good shot. It was, And, again, he played well. I, I, I'm not trying to take away from him. Again, I love him. I want him on the field. Um, but – he just doesn't bring the same dynamics that Dax McCarty does from that position. Uh, and it was evident, but like you said, great shot, could have scored, went right off the crossbar. Right. And I just mentioned a shot to say it wasn't a total waste. And I'm probably a little more down his performance than you are. I thought you don't want to take too much from one match, but I'd be, I wouldn't be upset if he doesn't play another game in the midfield this year and stays exclusively at right back. Yeah, yeah I, I could see that, but I'm okay. I'm okay with him playing some midfield. I think it's good to get him reps out there, um, maybe more in the open cup. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, when you have the kind of caliber of midfielders that this team has, with Schweinsteiger, McCarty, and Juninho, it's really evident what you're lacking when you put a player like Polster in there. Um, and again, he is great defensively. I don't want to take that away from him, but he just isn't the same kind of player that McCarty is. McCarty really is on a different level. He's one of the best players in the league, and there's a reason why he gets called up to the national team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of right back and all that, I want to give some credit to uh, Connor, who I thought once again – Played a really good game at right back. And if Polster is in the answer at right back, I think Con- Drew Connor has done a lot in his few appearances so far to at least give Ponovic some confidence that this is a guy who can play right back in a pinch. So props to him, props to um, props to Delu. And yeah. other than that, I thought there was just a whole lot of meh. Yeah, I agreed. I mean, I thought Vincent played, you know, he had his moments. Uh, Kappelhoff had his moments. 
But outside of that, you're right. It was a pretty meh game, 0-0 draw. You have a two-man advantage. Again, it's inexcusable. So it is what it is. Um, yeah, not, not a lot of praise to go around. Not at all. And as point the fire, relax a little bit. They had the rest of the week off. But this weekend, they're going to have to put something together because they're going to have a rematch against an Atlanta United side that absolutely buried them when they played earlier this year in Atlanta. But this time they're playing at Chicago It's uh, this Saturday afternoon. And I don't know about you, Jeff, but do you think things go differently this, this time around? Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, I think that Chicago remembers that game. Uh, the fact that Chicago will be at home, where they've been very good, is a is going to be a difference. And yeah, I expect a multi-goal victory. I, I don't think they just win this game. I, I think they win it, you know, three to one, three to nothing, something like that. Uh, Atlanta, you know, they've they've had a couple of hiccups here lately. Um, they're a good team, but what happened down in Atlanta where Kapelhoff went off? Right away, Chicago went down early. You know, they're not the team they are now. Obviously, Bastian Schweinsteiger's in the mix. So it's definitely a different kind of team. And I think Chicago puts a hurting on Atlanta come Saturday. Pretty confident. I don't know if I share your confidence as much, especially since Dax McCarty again is going to be out, um, still with the national team. You don't know yet if Juninho is going to be back. You, you think so. I'm not – is um, – I believe his child was born on Friday or Saturday, so – especially since they're playing at home. But that remains to be seen. And it's hard to get a read on this Atlanta team. And this Atlanta team is coming off a 3-1 loss at Vancouver. But the week before, they had a 3-1 win against New York City FC. So this Atlanta side currently says eighth in the Eastern Conference with uh, – 18 points in 13 matches. So not bad. It's just, I don't know, they're much more mediocre than you expected considering how hot they started this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to say they're a bad team, but they have two road wins. That's it. They've only won twice on the road. And both, you know, one was really early against Minnesota when Minnesota was just awful. Minnesota's improved since then. And the other one was against Real Salt Lake, where they still hadn't figured things out. So And still have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's probably fair to say. Um, so it's, you know, when those are their only two road wins, I don't think you view them as any sort of threat when they have to come out on the road and play you on your home turf. Chicago's a real deal. I, I don't think this is a fake team. Um, I think they're going to be one of the better teams in the East. And you win your games at home when you are that way, especially against a team like Atlanta. And especially since Atlanta did what they did to you earlier in the year. Um, I know that's more based on emotion and things like that. But honestly, that, that's just how I see this game going. Uh, I know technically speaking, like you said, Atlanta has plenty of talent. And when you go on paper, it's probably a pretty – close game but it's it's MLS and MLS has weird things happen all the time I just think Chicago 
wins this game 3-1, 3-0. I'd be surprised if it was anything different. All right. I guess one thing I'm concerned about, something you saw a lot on, um, from CF97, with some uh, people respect, just the idea of this Orlando, if they kind of showed the way to match up against the Chicago side, especially one that doesn't have a Dax McCarty, and that's just kind of laying back, soaking on the soaking up the pressure, knowing the fire aren't able to really show that creativity. Yeah, you know, I match Chicago on the counterattack. I worry about Atlanta decides to go with that game plan. It was no McCarty how the fire are going to be able to counter that. And we all know Pano's coaching ability still raises some questions. Yeah, I mean that that part's fair. I mean, I, again, he's still proving himself as a coach, but I don't buy into the fact that like Orlando threw out the blueprint for how to hinder Chicago. I, I think some of it had to do with the Dak's absence, but if Juninho's back, which you'd assume, that's going to make a big difference. And even more so, Chicago could have won that game in Orlando. Uh, we talked about Polster shot going off the crossbar. I mean, there were chances there where if the ball's an inch lower, the ball's an inch tighter, it's in the back of the net, you know? It just didn't happen for them. So it's not like Chicago didn't have their chances. It's not like, you know, it it wasn't there for the taking. They just didn't do it on Sunday. So they just need to be more clinical about that and, and finish those chances, and it'll be no problem. So... I don't think Orlando threw out anything that can be replicated, per se. I think Chicago can beat that kind of a defense. Uh, they just have to finish better. And it's definitely a compelling argument they made. And I'm willing to kind of – and I am willing to wait and see whether or not the fire can follow through on your plan or if the Twitter uh, critics are correct and that the fire's – uh, weaknesses have been exposed on national television. So everyone knows I'm horrible at predictions, so I'm not even going to bother leaving a prediction for this game because whatever I say is going to happen uh, the opposite direction. Or anything I say is just going to be 180 of whatever I say. There's no point in even me doing a prediction. Other than that, Jeff, I don't think there's anything else in CF97 world we need to talk about. What do you think? Well, um, again, my prediction for Saturday would be I'm going to go say 3-1. I think it's going to be a 3-1 game. I think they win it. I think it's pretty impressive. And this is what I would bring up is something else to talk about. I think part of that 3-1 victory is going to be the MLS player of the month, Nemanja Nikolic, who had, uh, what, six goals and one assist in May? Mm-hmm. So he was the MLS player of the month. That's a huge honor. He's been great. Um, do you have any thoughts on, on what you've seen from Nikolic so far? Um, I think so far he's just kind of proven to be the ball hawk type player you kind of thought he was going to be. He's a guy. He doesn't really have any particular skills that really stand out. He doesn't have a calm speed. He doesn't have, you know, great height. Um, you know, he's good technique, but he's not someone who can just dribble around people. But he just seems to have a knack for putting himself in the perfect position. And 
overall, I've been really impressed with what I've seen so far with him. Um, he has excellent finishing ability. And I think it was a very well-earned um, honor to be a player of the month for Nico. And I'm excited to see what he can do uh, going to the rest of the season. Yeah, he really is a natural goal scorer. Um, I could see him definitely winning the Golden Boot this season. He's definitely put himself in a great position early on in the year. Uh, to keep up the pace he set will be hard. But uh, the guy has a nose for the goal, that's for sure. Like you said, I mean, there's nothing physically about him that screams, you know, wow. But uh, he does it. He, he finds a way. And, uh, you know, it's been working. So hopefully he keeps it going. Hopefully he'll win the golden boot. But player of the month, that's a huge deal. It's good to see. And I think it shows this team is well on its way to, at the very least, a playoff berth, which is refreshing. Right. And as of now, Chicago Fire are still second Eastern Conference with 25 points in 14 matches. Um, they're one above both NYC and Orlando. And they still actually have a game in hand. So with a win, they would only be one point away from Toronto. And again, I think if you had told anyone going into the season that the fire would be near the top of the Eastern Conference standings with about a third of the way of the season, I think you'd take that in a heartbeat. Oh, Absolutely. Like I said, you know, our, our preseason predictions, I had them finishing in seventh place just outside the playoffs. So the fact that they're pretty well embedded in a playoff position right now, uh, that's great. I don't know that they'll finish, you know, in the top three. They might, they might not. But even still, I'd be shocked at this point if they didn't make the playoffs. Um, this team needs to do that at this point. Anything less would be a disappointment for sure. Oh, there's no disagreement about that. I mean, when you put your fans' expectations so high, I don't think you're going to accept anything less. Yeah, so hopefully it's a good summer. Um, hopefully Toyota Park keeps filling up. Um, they've had a couple of good games with attendance here lately. So, uh, you know, the U.S. Open Cup is right around the corner. Maybe make another run there. They've done that the last couple of years. But, you know, if the team just keeps playing the way they are, the Open Cup run isn't even as important when they're showing what they're showing as far as uh, being a contender for the MLS Cup, which is, uh, seems to be a legitimate goal for this kind of team right now. Yeah, and for so many years now, the model's basically been go for broke, go for the cup or nothing. And this year it may end up being where you just play your substitutes in the cup. You don't have to worry about that being the only thing that you can win this year. And it's going to be fun. The fire, um, their open cup starts a week from Wednesday. They're going to be playing their former USL side, St. Louis FC in a matchup of what could have been as one of the biggest rivalries in MLS. I'm looking forward to this match a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, St. Louis is a great team. They have great supporters. Whether or not they become an MLS team, we'll see. But either way, it's a, it should be a great atmosphere. Um, and it's not an easy game. Uh, it, should, it should be tough because you expect the fire will play a lot of their substitutes. So um, it, it should be a fun one. And you think they'll 
get the win still. I, I do. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. And just the way that the U.S. Open Cup works, that match is actually going to be at St. Louis at their 5,000-seat arena. So it'll be a nice, intimate crowd watching that match. And, again, that's Wednesday, June 14th at 7 p.m. And whenever they do play that match, I'm sure we'll be talking about it here on the Fire and Ice podcast. I think that about does it for us, Jeff. Anything else we need to touch on? No, that's about it. Hopefully we'll keep this going from here on out. Uh, barring any ridiculous illnesses, uh, we'll try to be better about getting that website updated. I'll even, you know, uh, restart the Pick'em Challenge. I think that was going pretty well. we got to get back on track with that. But um, thanks for sticking with us. Sorry for all these delays, but uh, hopefully we'll be here for the rest of the season. That's the plan, Jeff. And remember, everyone, you can read all those new pieces you're going to be posting at fireandicesoccer.com. You can follow us on Twitter at fireandicesoccer. Please uh, subscribe, bring, review us. We love uh, whenever you do that for us. Um, tell your friends, tell them to listen and subscribe. If they like the fire, we'd appreciate new listeners. And other than that, Jeff, um, I think we're good, and we're hoping to keep this going. We will probably talk after the match this weekend, hopefully talking about a fire victory. So, for us here at Fire and Ice Soccer, um, joining me as always is Jeff Engelhart. This was Ryan Boyles, and go fire. I'll be coming for your love, okay?